Welcome to Nice Talk, the crypto show by NiceHash, where we're feature expert commentary from around the industry. My name is Sean, and joining us from NiceHash is Joe, our chief marketing officer, and Marco, our mining hardware manager at NiceHash. Uh, today, we are happy to welcome our special guest, Samuel Westridge, chief technical officer at Dash. So Sam, give us a short brief uh, about yourself and what you do at Dash. Sure. Well, I'll start with myself. Um... I got into crypto quite a long time ago, um, back in China in 2012, actually. Probably one of the first, uh, made some of the first Bitcoin transactions in China, actually. And uh, in the first three years uh, of being in crypto, I was mainly focused on Bitcoin. And then a project popped out. Um, it was back back in the day, uh, Dash was called Darkcoin. And um, our founder... Uh, the, the founder of, of Darkcoin that later became Dash made uh, a masternode network on top of the, the, the normal node network. And this really captivated me. And I started getting involved. I wrote our first uh, iOS wallet back in 2015, actually, even though that Apple only approved uh, the cryptocurrency on their store in 2017. And then over time, I wrote uh, the consensus libraries, uh, many consensus libraries for Dash. And then more recently this year, I became the CTO. Should I go on to? Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, and uh, so what can you tell us about uh, you know, what Dash is? Let's say somebody has never heard of Dash before. Mm -hmm. um, what differentiates you from other cryptocurrencies? And how is the currency used uh, in a day-to-day -day fashion by your users? Yeah, sure. So we're one of the oldest cryptos on the market. We actually started back in 2014. This is like uh, before Ethereum even started, I guess, because Ethereum started in 2015. Uh, it's really a crypto uh, dedicated to payments. Uh, we have created tech that provides additional uh, features useful for payments and kind of required by the payment in industry. For example, we have instant confirmation. In Bitcoin, for example, when you make a transaction, uh, everybody knows that it, it's zero confirmations can be rolled back based off of like a tax on the Bitcoin network. It's very rare nowadays, but it still was uh, quite a concern earlier. And, you know, we have instant confirmation. Uh, we have very low cost transactions and we even have optional privacy. So our goal was always to build like the most user friendly payment tools for users. And over the last few years, we've been developing uh, another technology called Ta uh, DashPay, which is we're going to try to provide a, more of a, um, a Venmo or PayPal experience to our users. So instead of, uh, for example, sending um, a payment to an address where you have to ask the person to send over the address over some somewhat in a complicated way, instead, you're just going to have your list of contacts and you're going to send a payment to them. And I know that that probably sounds familiar in the crypto world, but other cryptos generally do that by just associating an address to a person, right? And everything is public. So for example, if your grandmother sends you $50, um, you can see uh, on the on the blockchain that yep. that is happening. Your cousin will know. Your your cousin will know that he didn't get 
15 euros per yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly and those things are not very um you you don't want uh, everybody to know who's made payments between who uh and in dash you know we we understand that and we've we've created a uh, new technology uh around around this so for example uh you every you are always able to know who you paid to but nobody else will know that stuff cool uh what about your what, what are your biggest advantages over other cryptocurrencies or maybe even uh what's your biggest uh competition in fiat world i would say that's paypal probably yeah well, one of our main advantages is that we have extremely, extremely low fees. So, uh, I mean, sometimes I've made payments on the Bitcoin blockchain and my fee is like, okay, $2. Recently, it's been actually pretty good, but uh, it's gone all the way up to $20 in the past uh, for, for a transaction. And our fees are around one cent. So um, the you know, the impact uh, on the price is practically non-existent. On top of that, um, for, uh, you know, compared to like uh, PayPal or, or like Visa and MasterCard, we have no transactional costs on the merchant side, like, like most cryptos. Um, then we have instant settlement, right? Um, that, well, actually, this is something that I probably have not talked enough about. One thing that we do, uh, differently than other cryptos is we have a masternode network and this masternode network allows us to have functionality that uh you know other cryptos don't have our masternode network actually locks transactions kind of like a hybrid uh proof of work proof of stake system so in a proof of work system transactions are sent and on top of that they're locked by our proof of stake system and that allows instant settlement. So the transactions can never be reversed. And uh, so you can never have some, some things like double spends on our network. Yeah, I know one of the things that we definitely want to get into uh, a little bit later is how that masternode network works mm -hmm. with the proof of work, because we know you do allow mining on the Dash network, but then you also have that extra layer as well. Um, but real quick, it, you know, it sounds like Dash is making uh, ground a little bit under the radar and, uh, you know, with some real world use cases. Um, can viewers see things like that on the NiceHash Exchange? Yeah, actually, Dash was one of the first uh, coins we listed on NiceHash Exchange. NiceHash was actually founded back in 2014, so the same year as, as Dash, interesting enough. Um, and yeah, and then we launched in 2019, we launched our exchange, and Dash is one of the first coins that was available there, and it still, uh, still has very good trading volume on, on our platform as well. Yeah, so that's one of the benefits about being able to have the nice hash exchange is that, you know, users can actually mine and they can exchange right there all inside of the nice hash network. Um, we recently saw that Dash was the number one cryptocurrency in Venezuela, um, so which is quite an achievement, um, especially since Venezuela has its own cryptocurrency. Um, you know, 
what did you do in order to be able to to kind of have that market presence there? And we know that, you know, Dash is really heavily uh, marketed in the U.S., South America, and a little bit in Africa as well. Um, what are the goals for Dash to be able to kind of expand into Europe and, and, and the Asia markets as well? Okay, well, I'll first talk about Venezuela. So how, how did we achieve that? Well, we have local teams and community working uh, with merchants there. At the same time, as I said before, our transaction fees are, you know, very, very low. And when transactions in Venezuela are already quite low, you don't want to be paying, uh, you know, I don't know, 10% just towards transaction fees. That, that doesn't make sense for an everyday, everyday user. So it kind of goes hand in hand that you, you know, uh, these places would go towards a solution that um, is beneficial for them in terms of uh, the transaction cost. We also uh, found out that, you know, it's not just enough to have a good product. You also have to support that product. So uh, through our community, we have local help desks in Venezuela, and we also have a help desk um, for, for Dashboard Group, and we, that's available in Spanish. So, you know, it's very helpful with adoption because we respond to hundreds, I'm not sure exactly how many questions, but hundreds, if not thousands of questions, uh, you know, per, per month. And then, and in, at least in Venezuela, are you seeing, are you seeing people utilize things like mobile wallets and stuff like that to do transactions? Or are you seeing a lot more of those transactions happening from a desktop perspective, say if they were buying things over the web? No, from their computer? I, no actually mobile wallets. Um, right now it's not the case, but earlier, I think, actually I think last year, we had more uh, Android downloads in Venezuela than the entire of the rest of the world combined. <laughs> Well, <laughs> which yeah, I, was, I was thinking that like, you know. <laughs> like people come and use it directly in marketplaces or, or things like this. It's much easier for them. Yeah, we we had a. I mean, we we have a lot of places in Venezuela that accept Dash, uh, and it you know it just works. <laughs> Having that team locally in Venezuela or in other areas, you know, that, that infrastructure takes time. It takes resources in order to build up um, and things of that nature. How was the local merchant community, how were they accepting of the idea of being able to utilize something like Dash as opposed to the local currency? And, and did you have any limitations or pushback from the government as far as, because a lot of times governments, you know, having that control over the currency is one of their you know main things to making sure they stay in power or they have order. So uh, were you getting any pushback or anything from governments, uh, you know, by replacing them from the ability to transfer value from one person to another? So this is actually not really my domain <laughs> of expertise. <laughs> um, I'm very technical, uh, but I'll do my best to answer. Yes. Um, they, there hasn't been much pushback uh, because you know, in the end, I think, um, you know, that there are, there are some problems with the economy in Venezuela, you know, rampant inflation, um, you know, you, they can't really use their own currency to, uh, to make payments. So I, I don't actually, I, I don't, know for sure about pushback from from high ups in the government but uh i think that just 
having users use it, um, it's it's hard to go against that for, from their probably from their perspective, and they probably have um, let's say bigger fish to fry. I was about to say yeah, they probably have bigger things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, so Joe, uh, Joe is uh, in. Marco are, are really from uh, the European side, and so they get to know that geographic area, um, and maybe they can tackle kind of uh, what are your go-to-market strategies over uh, in that part of the world since you've been so successful over here uh, in the Americas. Um, yeah, so we we've been intense, as I said before, and I'm going to talk. I'm going to answer this more on the tech side, right? Because that's more my, uh, my, my area of expertise. Um, we've been intensely developing uh, something called Dash Platform for the last, uh, wow, it's been quite a long time now, five years. And we're, we're set to release it early next year uh, to our mainnet. And what Dash Platform allows, you know, many things, but one thing that it, it it, we're building on top of it as kind of like one of our first um, releases is something called DashPay. And as I said before, DashPay will allow users to send payments between themselves much more closely to, you know, a Venmo experience or a, uh, you know, a PayPal experience where, where you send a contact request and after you're, you, you have a, like a friendship between, between you and the other person, you can just send many payments. And I can send like tons of payments to that person and they can send tons of payments to me and nobody else will know that we sent these payments between each other. And I think that why crypto hasn't really taken off in Europe is because it's actually quite hard to use stuff. Um, yeah, I think, exactly. I, th I, th I think that we, we need to make it as easy as, oh, I want to send money to, um, to Joe or to Marco, right? <laughs> uh, you just, yeah, I mean, just I mean, you just like press done, done, it's done, <laughs> you know? I mean, even, even using PayPal is quite hard for, for the mass people. Like even PayPal can be hard to use. <laughs> imagine like, imagine one older guy using Dash or any other cryptocurrency for sending well, value. Yeah, well, what we want to do in our wallets is just make it so simple that pretty much anybody can do it. And the, that's what we've been working on. So. The other issue I, I notice is that uh, users are afraid to do it because if you screw up, you screw up big. You know, if you send on the wrong address or whatever, you lose, you lose that balance. So that's a, quite a big drawback for using cryptocurrency. Yeah, link, that's link what I read to so the contact my friends yeah. and this makes it much easier. Yeah. yeah it's actually, I mean, it, yeah, it's actually, it's, 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 um, you actually create channels between individuals. Um, they're on chain channels. Uh, but yeah, so there's no way to ever lose cryptocurrency. It's just not possible. That's very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So, well, let's let's 
uh, I was going to say, let's shift away from more of the geographic success and marketing and things. And let's move right into your wheelhouse, which is really the technical aspect of Dash. Um, so one of the things we touched on a little bit earlier was the masternode system that layers on top of the Dash blockchain. And maybe layer on top is not the best way to, so you can explain exactly kind of how that works. But can you give us an idea of um, what does it take to, in order to have a masternode? How many masternodes are on the uh, on the network? Um, and is this kind of like proof of stake, proof of authority, or how does that um, that uh, consensus mechanism work inside of the Dash ecosystem? Sure, sure. Uh, so masternodes were kind of the reason I joined Dash, <laughs> uh, believe it or not. Uh, I, yeah, we, we've had them since uh, 2015. At the very beginning, we didn't talk of them as proof of stake. And the reason why we didn't talk about as them of proof of stake is because it worked very, very different uh, from other proof of stake systems that exist at the time, and probably no nobody in the audience will even remember. Does anybody here remember what the first proof of stake coin was? No. Maybe help us. No. <laughs> it was yeah. pure coin. It was it, pure it coin. was pure okay. coin. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. But the point was is that we did not call it proof of stake uh, at the beginning because we didn't. First, our masternodes were not doing what, uh, you know, were not actually creating blocks. So because they were not uh, creating blocks, it's not a really proof of stake. They were just uh, uh, mixing, actually, for uh, our coin join feature. That was the first uh, thing that we had uh, on the masternode network. So it allowed for a certain degree of anonymity and is why uh, Dash sometimes is still referred to as a, a privacy coin. Uh, we we kind of moved away from the privacy part, uh, part because the other features that were available uh, with the use of the Masmo network were far more interesting. Um, I'll kind of touch on them really quickly. Uh, first one that we did was uh, instant send locks. So basically all of our transactions on the network are confirmed by our proof of stake system. So we kind of have the best of both worlds. And then... Um, then we did something called chain locks. Some people might be aware, uh, a lot of the proof of work, uh, blockchains, or pretty much all of them, uh, are subject to 50% attacks and, uh, 50% uh, mining attacks. And this happens when one party has too much, um, hashing power or one or multiple parties, and they secretly, well, there's actually multiple times of, types of 50% attacks, but one of them is that they secretly uh, mine blocks, and then they release all these blocks at the same time, and they basically change the active chain to a different chain. So all the transactions that happened on one chain get basically reversed. And this is very painful uh, for many cryptocurrencies that have been attacked. Dash, uh, cannot be attacked uh, with a 50% attack because of our masternode uh, chain locking system. Um, also, well, I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <on>. yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, back in the early days, we, did, we had our masternode system, which was um, normal normal keys right so uh but then in 2018 we started using threshold aggregated signatures and this allowed 
insane scalability compared to many other projects. In fact, I, I believe that the only projects that are in use that have uh, threshold um, cryptography and active use, I think, are us and um, uh, IC, ICP, um, Internet Computer, mm -hmm. uh, the, by Dfinity. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so with, those, with that technology, we then moved to um, what we wanted to build, you know, uh, Dash Bay and Dash Platform, which uses this threshold cryptography to provide proofs to mobile clients of something being true. So that's a whole other topic, but it allows for uh, mobile clients to use um, something that we're calling data contracts to exchange information, but with extremely small footprints. And that's what we're going to be can, releasing. Can, 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 can you try uh, explaining uh, like what exactly is Masternode for like user who has no idea? Oh, what... yes. Sorry. Yeah. May, maybe in some, in this kind of way, just like Masternode is like a node. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yes. It's, it's a node. So it serves the network just like a normal node. Uh, but to have a Masternode, you need to take a thousand dash and pretty much lock it up. And when you lock it up, you're going to get rewards from every block that the master node, um, uh, well, not from every block, but every, uh, the, sorry, let me start over. There are 4,500 uh, master nodes on our network. And basically uh, every block, one master node is chosen um, kind of like in a raw, round to robin. To confirm way. the, yeah. Well, actually okay, the so master nodes... Let, 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 the, the oh. master node itself does not confirm uh, the proof of um, the proof of work blockchain. Uh, that's done by the miners. However, the the master node we we have something called master node quorums, which are um, four hundred master nodes, and together they confirm a previous confirmed block by the miners. Mm, okay, so, so, any, two so <laughs> can anybody become uh, like master node? Or, uh, Any, or is there there are limited amount of master nodes? Well, there's limited amount of master nodes uh, by the amount of coin supply. Coins, yes, of uh, obviously. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, any anybody can uh, buy a thousand dash uh, if they if they have enough uh, capital to do so, and then they can run a master node. And the re the returns are around um, six point five percent per year. So so yeah, basically, master nodes are staking proof of stake. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very okay. similar. Yeah. Uh, what? Now, one thing you talked about real quick was that four hundred. So the kind of two layers there is that four hundred kind of just locked down to trusted individuals, or um, is that something where anybody else can uh, participate in that as well? No. So there are four thousand five hundred master nodes, and four hundred are selected. Well, actually, not uh, four times. Four times four hundred are selected for um, our strongest quorum, and our strongest quorum is the one that locks blocks. So, you know, uh, and it's 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 random. Um, by, by locking, by locking, you mean confirming blocks? Yes, uh, chain, chain locking. 
it's called. Um, it basically makes sure that the block can never ever be reverted on our network. Okay. And it works. So that helps with the 51 Exactly. Because you're using that mechanism. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it basically uh, makes 51% attacks very, very hard because not only would you need 51% uh, of, um, of the network, but you would also need 80% of masternodes, which okay. <laughs> if you had that many masternodes... That would be a tall <laughs> you, you don't yeah. need to create a 51%. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be in your interest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what about smart contracts? Those are quite popular right now. Uh, yeah. Does so Dash support any, or does it plan to? Uh, well, currently, no. Uh, as I said, we we're going to be releasing Dash platform um, early early next year, probably around uh, around March. The first version of Dash platform does not support smart contracts, but instead we have data contracts. And it's slightly different as it's smart contracts are generally Turing complete and our data contracts are not. But our data contracts do allow quite a lot of things that smart contracts allow. For example, um, NFTs and other um, assets owned by an identity. But they don't allow... Um, uh, the same level of, of, of coding that smart contracts allow. Uh, we will be implementing smart contracts, but it's not uh, for our initial version. Our initial version is really centered around very succinct proofs. So mobile clients can use these systems uh, very efficiently. Okay, well, I want to move over from really kind of the technical chain stuff over into mining because obviously, mm -hmm. NiceHash, uh, we are a mining powerhouse mm -hmm. uh, and that's our main focus. Um, so, wanted to, uh, you know, right now, Dash is purely on ASICs. Can you tell us more about the X11 algorithm? Yeah, actually, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I rewrote the X11 ha uh, algorithm in JavaScript. It was one of my first things that I did for Dash. Uh, I. Our one, our founder back in the day, he, he wanted two things. He wanted an iOS app and he wanted uh, the X11 algorithm written in pure JavaScript, pure, pure JavaScript. No, um, and th th that's kind of hard uh, because JavaScript is not the perfect language <laughs> for it. So I, I rewrote it from scratch. Um, yeah, so it was, let, let me talk a little bit about the algorithm. It, it, it was made by our, our founder, whose name is Evan Duffield. Um, it, ta it took um, the NIST finalist uh, hash functions. Oh, I should probably explain what that is. So back in 2012, uh, there was a um, competition to replace uh, uh, SHA-256, I mean, uh, SHA-2, uh, with... Um, basically SHA-3. Uh, they wanted to find uh, the next hash function for the new, you know, for, for the new decade, well, decade or, or for the next few years. Yeah. And uh, they, they, you know, there were many, many hash fun, uh, well, companies and, and foundations and governments and, that applied. And there were probably about 30 uh, hash functions uh, submitted. And there were five that made it to the final round and another six uh, to the semi, 
uh, sorry, another seven or eight to the semifinal round. And basically X11 is taking five of the hash functions from the final round and six from the semifinal round and uh, using them together to um, create a hash function that is much harder to build an ASIC for basically, because some of these hash functions, I, I rewrote the code on them. Some of them are very painful to, to write as code. So I can imagine making an ASIC for them must've been very painful for whoever did that. Yeah, but they did it. <laughs> they, uh, do, I mean, do, do you, it's just, you... yeah, yeah, it, it okay. was just a matter you... of time. Of course, yeah. do you plan to, to change the algorithm? So right now we we really, yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, uh, right now we really don't. Um, and the reason why we don't plan on changing the algorithm is because, you know, it's it's very important for decentralization, probably to change the algorithm. However, what Dash is focused on is decentralization of the master nodes. The mining, we're, since we're immune to 50% attacks, it doesn't really matter that a miner has more than 50% of the hash function. So we, um, you know, it's less of a priority right now to, to think about. And what we've actually seen um, quite a lot of is that miners often sell, um, you know, their cryptocurrency immediately. So it's not really uh, that miners are like hoarding a massive amount of Dash that could you know, that could hurt our network uh, either. So with like companies, ASICs are always, you know, changing and trying to match your algorithms. And we seen like Bitmain and other manufacturers announcing new generations all the time. And some of the new ones are like 65 times more hash rate, I think, than the, the current ones. Do you see that impacting the network with such huge advances in, in the technology used for mining? Or, or do you think this is a benefit? Well, um, I don't actually think that there, there has been much impact. Um, I feel like, you know, if it's more efficient um, for, for hash power, I'm all for it. Uh, I've actually been, been to Bitmain in China uh, a few years ago, and uh, right when they were making their first ASIC. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I'm, you know, all, all for, you know, it's, it's bound to happen, right? As, as technology advances, you're going to have more and more powerful ASIC, ASICs and you just have to kind of keep up with the time, in my opinion. I, is, uh, with you not wanting to swap to, say, a different algorithm or anything, obviously GPU mining is not optional on Dash right now. Um, is there any concern, I guess, from a, an e-waste perspective, given the fact new generations of miners come out? If you're 65 times more powerful on your new ones, essentially, that can almost make the old ones more obsolete from a power consumption yeah. versus hashing power perspective. Um, is any of that taken into account whenever kind of thinking about the future of mining at Dash? Well, again, we in Dash, right? We take our block reward and 60% uh, 
roughly 60% goes to our masternode network as proof of stake and 40% goes to our miner. And because of that goes to the miners. And because of that, uh, the miners, you know, the, the energy cost of our network is far, far, far less per, um, per transaction than, than other networks um, that are comparable in, in hash power. Uh, that's also probably due to X11 uh, using a little bit less power than other than other uh, hash functions as well. Um, I'm sorry, I probably did not answer your question. Could you could you repeat it? <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Uh, yeah, so um, it, particularly like one of the benefits, at least with uh, GPU mining, is the fact that they can be used for other things, yeah. right? So you can do gaming, you can do uh, th things like that. Whereas with an ASIC, yeah. it really it has a single function. It's a single algorithm. So if you make any adjustment to the algorithm, or the case of what Joe was talking about, where manufacturers are coming out with things that where the new generation might be sixty five times more powerful, mm -hmm. you know that really starts to make the last generation, or maybe two generations ago, those ASICs almost become extremely expensive paperweights. Um, so from a, an e-waste perspective or just kind of how do you, how do you see, uh, and this might even be completely outside of your control, especially if you're not looking to change the algorithm, but you know, how does this affect the Dash network down the road given the fact that 40% of your uh, block rewards go to miners? Um, is that of any concern or are you really kind of relying on the fact that the master node really makes up the majority of the, well, they get 60% of the rewards, but also it's kind of that extra layer of protection. So you don't necessarily have it, to worry about that. Exactly. We, we really don't have to worry. It is, you know, there is the point that it's not great uh, for, you know, uh, like it would be great if the, the mining was a little bit more uh, decentralized and an average user could, could mine our cryptocurrency. But in the end, if you change the the algorithm, there's going to be another ASIC down the line. So you'd have to change the algorithm, uh, you know, quite quite often. I think uh, Monero, uh, Monero does that like four times. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that it, yeah. you know, we did consider it, um, but in the end, we just you know we had a lot of people invested in X11 uh, ASICs. Right, and to say, and and we're the biggest cryptocurrency that that uses X11 by far. So, it w we would make a lot of people very unhappy if we moved away from X11. Right, uh, people that have just bought ASICs. It's not. It's more of a political decision than anything. Right. It's it's uh, you know you have to make people that are invested in your project somewhat happy. So. Uh, it's also not really, I, while this is somewhat technical, um, I really, you know, we, we have a governance model in Dash. So it's not that, actually, I probably should have talked about this earlier, what makes us unique. Um, every single month, 10% of our budget is allocated to, uh, to, the, to our governance. Anybody can make a proposal. And some of these proposals are purely... Um, uh, like for changes of the network, for example, oh, um, recently one passed. When you make a proposal, uh, it costs five dash to, to make that proposal. And there was actually a proposal that was made to lower that fee to one dash. And you can all, anybody could make a proposal, for example, to change the hashing algorithm. In fact, I think that's actually even been done, but it was voted down. 
we really care about what our community wants and we're not going to make any of these decisions by ourselves because we we don't really feel like we even have the authority to do so so if dash core group let's say felt it was the right thing we would make a proposal to our network asking them would you like to do this but i really doubt that we would get the the yes votes i was gonna say the next uh so dash is listed on the nice hash power the the next question to follow on from that's that the decisions are community driven would be if Dash was, has any plans to change to a proof of stake completely uh, and to remove the mining elements like uh, Ethereum, for example. How would you see that uh, in the future? Well, for now, we're not doing that. Um, but we kind of have a hybrid blockchain where we have a proof of um, proof of work blockchain, right? And pla- and Dash platform coming out next year is actually going to be a proof of stake blockchain, kind of our layer two on top of our proof of uh, work blockchain. And it it's kind of like a derivative uh, blockchain um, and it is proof of stake. It, it's, it's created through proof of work uh, because the proof of work creates the coins that are necessary to to run masternodes that, uh, you know, together uh, make the proof of stake system work. But, um, you know, we, we kind of have that hybrid model and we're going to be sticking for that uh, for, for the time being. Basically, maybe eventually the, we will. You already have the best of both worlds. So why would you go full one way or the other? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the current case. Um, if we might, eventually decide to replace our uh, payment chain logic with proof of stake. But for right now, we're not doing that. So Marco, I was going to touch with you real quick. So Dash is listed on the NiceHash marketplace. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how users can use that in order to buy hash power to mine the Dash network? Yeah, I mean, they can just simply place, uh, find the pool they want to mine with. Uh, They must have a Dash wallet. And they input the pool to the marketplace and buy hash power. That's simple. Then they get paid to their wallet. Uh, they can actually mine dash too. Well, they will be paid in Bitcoin, but they can also connect their ASICs to nice hash. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, so, um, did we want to? Did, did anybody have any other questions with regards to mining um, for the Dash network? We're all set there. All right. Well, um, wanted to kind of understand a little bit about Dash's future. I know we touched on that just a little bit um, with kind of the, uh, the the Dash Pay and things of that nature. But um, in terms of bringing more awareness to the use case and the ease of payment of Dash, um, are there any plans for Dash's marketing team or uh, any people on boots on the ground or anything like that in order to uh, kind of uh, push the the future of Dash as a currency? Um, from this yeah, point. sure. So I, as you said, I already talked about DashPay, so <laughs> we'll talk about that again. Um, yeah. In terms of marketing, yes. And we actually have a new uh, project that came out a few months ago called Dash Direct, which allows people to make purchases at hundreds of stores in the United States. Uh, you know, I've used it at Airbnb and, you know, it's, it's really great because you have like, um, 
a two to ten percent discount at many places. Like I think cheese, cheese, cheese. What is it called? Cheese factory or there's a restaurant in the U.S. or oh, <laughs> cheesecake the, factory. The cheesecake. Yeah, factory. and it's like there's Arby's. There, there are just so many uh, places, and uh, we actually started doing a uh, a promotion on Ubers in um florida so you can actually see like dash promotions um on top of like the, the top of cars uh telling people you know try out dash direct i mean it works great and it and it works seamlessly with our wallets so for example you just find uh what you know the the place where you want to purchase and you basically purchase a gift card for that amount and it immediately goes to our wallet you pay in crypto and it just switches back between the two apps and it works perfectly. I think that's a really cool feature um, to you do that like that. So many uh, coins and currencies we see trying to make the um, the process easier to for newcomers and uh, use so many different third parties to to make this happen. It becomes like a a collection of third parties in order to achieve one thing. But the fact that you're pushing like your own apps and your own mobile payment system like this, I think it's very cool. It's actually mm, well. <laughs> one one quick thing. Uh, so Dash is an ecosystem of many, uh, you know, projects. Uh, Dash Core Group, we maintain the wallets. We were creating platform. But this was actually another, um, uh, another um, company in the Dash umbrella that did this. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think it, I think focusing on the end user's experience is really kind of the key to really advancing a cryptocurrency in the form of it's purely a currency. You're not doing a bunch of other fancy things and utilizing the blockchain technology in order to fulfill that. You're really looking at this. This is a form of payment from one individual to another. Um, you're able to do it electronically. You don't have to go through. I mean, you do have the trust of the masternodes to make sure everything stays uh, kind of in line. But essentially from each individual, there there's no additional trust that's needed there. Um, I think making that as user-friendly as possible is kind of the biggest uh barrier to entry in order to get this kind of to be mass adopted. Um, and you really kind of have use cases kind of fleshed out in the United States, uh, South America, kind of as we touched on earlier. Um, hopefully we can see that also expand over into Europe and into Asia because there's a gigantic market over there where that is definitely much more uh, needed from uh, from a day-to-day -day perspective. Um, so it, other than the mobile wallet and stuff of that nature and the promotions you're doing, um, is there anything else from a technological uh, perspective that's going to be coming on the horizon over, the, say, the next six months other than the, the Dash Pay? Well, yes, as I as I said, like um, DashPay is on top of platform, and Dash platform allows you to register data contracts. So, for example, if you wanted to register like a uh, food delivery service, you could do that. You could you could create a a DAP um, on our network that allows for and and that uses DashPay for 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 food delivery, and then you know. Uh, it's not smart contracts, but you don't really need smart contracts to register information on a blockchain. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, we already have like 20 different, uh, dApps that have been built, uh, that are just waiting for release. Like, uh, for example, we have like a decentralized Twitter and, you know, 
more of the basic, uh, basic dApps. So I think that when they all get released, uh, you know, together, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a very exciting, um, year next year. Yeah. Sounds cool. <laughs> and one other thing I just thought about real quick is dash as a organization. Um, how large is dash, you know, from a customer support perspective, all the way up to kind of leadership and, um, things of that nature, like how big is the organization as a whole? So you mean, uh, so there's dash core group, um, which is mm -hmm. the, the main development, um, organization for dash but then there's uh dash incubator which is another uh development um organization for dash we have you know i don't know maybe 10 different um uh, marketing teams uh around the world uh you know there was one when you mentioned asia earlier uh you can actually in thailand um there there are many restaurants that take dash uh you know you can just go and pay <laughs> so uh, How do you guys get found it? Like... It's through, yeah, so that was done through our governance system. So anybody can submit a proposal, and if that proposal passes, they, they receive funding for their uh, demanded amount. Uh, okay, but where, can... where does that funding come from? It comes from the blockchain itself. So we put, uh, we put a certain amount towards uh, mass nodes, a certain amount for miners, and then uh, ten percent for uh, oh, okay, our yeah. governance system. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know in order. To, I mean, that's one of the things that I've seen with a lot of different projects is getting that mass adoption, making it super user friendly as far as getting people to actually utilize the service. Um, it takes a lot of manpower. It takes a lot of resources in order to be able to kind of pull it off. I mean, that's one of the things that um, from a mining perspective, NiceHash really brings to the table is the fact it's user friendly. It's very easy to use, um, but it's not something that is, you know, very easy to set up. There's a lot of resources that go behind making that very user friendly. Mm -hmm. So I imagine the same thing kind of happens there at Dash and having those multiple organizations that really kind of focus on single, uh, single tasks mm. um, that probably helps make things a lot easier for mass adoption. Yeah, exactly. And 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 to answer some of kind of your previous question, in Dash Core Group we have around forty five people. Um, of of those forty five people, we have about maybe thirty in the tech area, um, but and not not crazy amount in business development and marketing and we really leave business development and marketing um well we don't leave it to our community we we are one of many in our community that uh that bring that forward So thanks for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed learning all about Dash. And if you haven't tried crypto mining before, NiceHash is the easiest way to get started. Go to NiceHash.com and try our quick miner if you're new to mining, or try our NiceHash miner to take advantage of the algorithm switching, and you can start earning money from your PC today. Make sure to tune in on the 10th of December, where we'll be featuring another special guest, Wilkie, the developer of Lowell Miner. And make sure to leave your comment on today's show. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks for joining us today, and we will see you all next time.